We are the Adventuring Guild. And this is the Home Brew Review. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the Home Brew Review. This week we'll be finishing off Tomb of Annihilation at 12th level. After this, you guys will have to see what kind of surprises we come up with. Uh, we will be taking on the Soulmonger and hopefully ending the death curse within the island itself. So with me once again is Braden, Rhino, Stygius, and Micah. And we will go ahead and start with our introductions. Hello, everybody. Brighton here once again. Earlier playing Taga the Clown. <laughs> uh, last week, Taga got used. We're not going to be around the bush here. Uh, his allies are making better use out of him as a weapon than an actual friend. So we'll see the residual of that emotional trauma this week. Uh, we <laughs> we took on the fate of the Night Serpent and did fairly well as a team. Uh, Tugger managed to keep everyone alive by smushing good berries into the back of their throat and making them digestive. So, <laughs> not quite the healing I was doing in the first episode, but that should change in this coming one. Um, this class so far is seeming very well balanced. Uh, all of the options you get from the face paints and whatnot are very niche but they do whatever they're trying to achieve very well. Say, for instance, last week I was buffing the party's AC consistently and everyone was consistently having... Uh, you know, uh, the enemies were having a harder time hitting them. Uh, the first episode I was focused on telling jokes and healing and I was consistently healing the exact same amount. Uh, it's a very reliable class. You can... Uh, whatever exactly you're aiming to do with the subclass, you can reliably do that. There's one, for instance, the Blood Clown, which focuses on making melee attacks. I believe by the end of level 20, you will be uh, making around 7 or 8 melee attacks in a turn. Wow. Uh, but that is fairly well all you'll be doing. And then at the end of some of these other ones, uh, one that I chosen this week because I get that uh, access to a third level face, a third face pen, sorry. Uh, is the Star Clown, which is focused around sort of being the center of attention and sort of inspiring those around you. So uh, it won't be seeing action, unfortunately, in this episode, as I've chosen one that I've used before to combat a Sarah, but uh, I hopefully will be making use of that in the future. Uh, as I was saying, going on this week, I get a plus one to my Clown Power, so my Clown Power now goes up to three meaning I get three performances per day, and my healing for the best medicine goes up as well. Uh, everything basically goes up with that, which is awesome. I get access to third-level spellcasting, which, again, the spellcasting in this class is very niche. Uh, last week when I was uh, preparing, I thought it, I'd, they, uh, I'd best make use out of Pass Without a Trace, but... There were no real other options there for offense or anything except for Goodberry, which I made use of. Um, I gained access to the third face paint of the class, as I said, the Star Clown. There's probably a good um, 15 or 16 different face paints that the author has released. 
there's three additional documents to the original which all contain uh, unique face paints. So that's awesome. There's so much versatility to this class and so much uh, customization that you can add and make this class your own. Um, my face paints all go up. Uh, sorry, all gain a feature. So whilst I am using my face paints, I gain a, another sort of different ability. So for instance, the grotesque face paint, the one I was using in the first uh, gains additional comic relief. So now instead of only healing, I believe I was only healing nine hit points, now I'll be healing uh, three, so my clown power times my charisma, which is uh, plus four at this point, so a base of 12, and then I get an additional 3d4, so 1d4 per clown power. So that'll only build as we get up in level here. Uh, so that's going to be a decent amount of healing. And I also get something called the Bubble of Absurdity, which is a 10-foot radius bubble as a bonus action. Uh, it's a concentration like a spell, but until the beginning of my next turn, everyone within the bubble gets to add plus three, so my clown power to their saving throws. So that's very paladin-esque and awesome. I'm looking forward to using that. Uh, the Star Clown, as I was mentioning, gets a um, the ability is called uh, inspiring artist, so that's a performance, and when I take it, I can add uh, my clown power to different saving throws, attack rolls, and things like that, so similar to the bubble, but uh, a bit larger of a radius. I also get multi-platinum, multi so I'm the center of attention, singing out, hey, everyone hears my voice, and what that allows me to do is when I use my best medicine, I can target a number of creatures up to my clown power, so I could heal all of my allies for that base amount. And then what else I have uh, available to me at the moment is steal the show. So imagine Targo just begins a monologue or uh, starts telling jokes and a spotlight comes down upon him uh, for the next... I believe until the beginning of my next turn, or end of my next turn, creatures I choose within 30 feet of me gain the benefits of being invisible. So I'm essentially just making this uh, dramatic uh, performance where I am the centre of attention, everyone else is sort of faded out, but they get you know uh, benefits from being invisible so they can add advantage to their attack rolls and things along those lines. Uh, this week as well, I've... Instead of upping one of my ability scores, I've chosen actually to gain use of a feat, which is a fairly awesome feat made by the creator, and it is within the More Clowns document, if you download that off the DMs Guild. Uh, this feat allows me to gain one extra use of performance art once per day, so I am going to be able to use four performances, which is awesome. And then while I'm using my performance, uh, as I've said in the past, you have to upkeep your performance by doing a specific action. Uh, sometimes, uh, say for instance, the best medicine performance, you can't do anything except tell jokes to heal people. Uh, and then the other, the, called the rodeo clown, uh, in order to give my boost to AC to my uh, friends. I needed to take the attack action or something along those lines. Uh, this feat allows me to use my best medicine on my turn without interrupting a performance. So I could use my Rodeo Clown uh, or the uh, Matador whilst also telling jokes and healing. So that's a 
extra awesome um, teacher, so I'll be able to uh, heal people, keep them up, and boost them at the same time. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to uh, killing a Serac and dancing over his body. So yeah, thank you, Bob. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for DMing. Thank you, everyone here, and thanks for listening. I enjoy being on the podcast, and I uh, hope everyone enjoys. I'm just glad he didn't try to have us wash down the good berries with coconut milk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any of the coconut milk he's selling. <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Mountain Rhino, and I am pl- here back again with, so- <laughs> I was about to say Sonic, <laughs> with Accelerate. <laughs> I'm trying to go as fast as possible yet again, and after <laughs> level 8, I-, I think I can do it. Especially with some of the unique things Bob's bringing into this game. So, we are now well past any character's level that I've ever played before, so I'm kind of excited to see what it's like to play at level 12. And for this time, I'm once again playing the Enhancer class made by user XYRZ on Giants in the Playground. And this time around, I've got some cool features, but I wanted to go and say the dash and disengage with the extra attack still keeps me feeling like the flash, like all the cow. I wanted to play a speedster and that consistently has me feeling like that. Ability to get in, hit something, and run the heck away. So unexpected perks or limitations from the last game. Superior resilience saved me when I took eight attacks in a sa- in one single round. Thanks, Bob. Reducing all slashing and piercing damage by two. Uh, it was fairly useless to tank, which um how I got down. Thank you for those good berries. But all in all, the class is still feeling very balanced. I learned my AC is not high enough to, you know, go be the frontliner, but for that poke and run technique, very good. Level 12, it's a pretty big level for me. I get some spell slots. Uh, air quotes, since this is a podcast and you can't see that. <laughs> um, where I have access to Lost Rider, Blur, Haste, and Freedom of Movement that I can use my stamina points for. As well, I get a new feature that's probably not going to get shown throughout today's episode called Adrenaline Rush, which if I'm below 4 stamina points at the beginning of combat, it brings me up to 4. Really helpful. Saves me having to do a shorter long rest to get those back. And otherwise, once again, I'm Mount Rhino. I'm super excited to be here. I'm still always giddy because I'm playing with heroes. After listening to every podcast these guys have put out, I love it. And I'm just excited to be participating yet again. So thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Micah bringing you once again Vargas, the Midorian chieftain. Um, I uh, took some lumps in the last fight, but managed to dish out a lot of damage myself. Um, really maximized the usage of the battle cries that, that I had access to, just causing as much... I'm going to go with uh, frustration to our opponents as they were dealing with us. Coming up on this level, I get another battle cry that I that I have uh, have learned, as well as some really fun tools to add to my tool belt to help keep everyone alive and to really pile on the pain. Um, one of the abilities I'm really hoping to fully utilize is my powerful voice. Uh, when when I, while I'm using a war chant, I add my charisma modifier to any damage rolls I make with a weapon. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's an extra five points of damage coming out while I'm using my war chant, which I'm going to be trying to maximize using because it's such a good ability to have. Um, also, if I'm targeting one of my allies with my war chant, say I'm using the the chant that 
you know, gives them a bonus to their saving throws, then while I'm doing that, they also gain that, that same bonus to uh, damage rolls. So really useful stuff coming out there. Um, I also have now picked up a couple of magic items that are going to really help make life a lot more beneficial for our party. I picked up a flame tongue longsword, so being able to uh, provide my own torch is going to be nice since uh, I, I don't have that dark vision. Uh, I also grabbed an amulet of health to boost that, that, that con score to the point now where uh, I have better armor, or I have a better AC without armor than with armor, thanks to the uh, the chieftain's unarmored abilities. My AC is 10 plus my constitution modifier plus my charisma modifier. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's that's a pretty big pretty big leap, and we're going to be really hoping to get up there and take some hits with these massive hit points that I've got. Other than that, I think that's pretty much it. Hey, everybody, this is Mike, a.k.a. Stygius, and I'm back with Tyrannia, the arachnid circle of the hive druid. Uh, arachnid is, of course, from the Scroll of Strange Races, available for you if you'd like to pick it up. It's a pay-what-you'd-like, so grab it for free, or uh, make a donation to keep better content coming. Uh, circle of the Hive was created by Dustwolf, and I'm using the Survivor background from D&D Wiki, an unnamed individual. I could not find that. So, uh, here we are at 12th level, and I didn't gain a whole lot uh, other than spells for the class, but I did gain the ability Quicken the Swarm, which allows me to use my scatter ability once per short rest rather than long, which won't probably come into much of play in this session because we typically do one fight at a time, but definitely if you're playing this character in a campaign where you are have a fight, take a short rest, have a fight, take a short rest, that scatter ability really is awesome. Being able to do your best to avoid a melee attack and go into swarm shape and get the bonus of your wisdom to AC for that round. Um, also, I'm increasing my movement speed of my swarm, so I'm uh, moving 30 feet around now instead of 20. Nowhere near where Accelerate is at, but, you know, we do what we can. And so, uh, things last week actually went way better than the first week did. I felt like the first week I couldn't do anything. I was subject to a lot of uh, the area of effect spell from that dragon spray. It was, it was nasty. Last week, things went a whole lot better for me. I was able to utilize a lot of really interesting things between webbing and using the swarm shape and my companion swarm. So I feel this week a few more spells to help out and uh, just more of the same, basically. So again, like Brayden said, I'm excited to be here. I love being part of this podcast. I love that we have listeners who eventually choose to join us like Mountain did. So I'm all about it. Let's get this done. Uh, so where we left off last week, you guys had just taken on the Fane of the Night Serpent and uh, fought your way through that Yanti-infested area. Uh, you guys are now uh, have descended into the Temple of the Nine Gods, and as expected of a Temple of the Nine Gods, you talked to and were possessed by a series of those Nine Gods. Uh, we will go ahead and pick up with you guys have fought your way all the way through, completed all of the trials, and you guys are walking down towards where the Soulmonger and the Atropol and where Aserac will eventually attack. So before we get started, go ahead and talk about um, what you guys got while battling your way through here, uh, what you're equipped with, and uh, which spirit you decided to have inhabit you and what those effects and flaws are. Targa got access to two items to boost his armor, but since he is technically not wearing any armor, 
Uh, he took the Braces of Defense, which gives him a plus two to his armor bar. And he also took the Ring of Protection, which not only gives him a plus one to his armor class, but also a plus one to all his saving throws, which is very handy. Uh, he also obtained a Grey Slard Control Gem. So he currently is wearing this big gaudy red <laughs> emerald around his neck, I say with quotation marks, uh, <laughs> around his coconut. You're probably wearing it like a tiara or something like that. Um, <laughs> and he currently has this odd, uh, gangly, grey, frog-like creature uh, following behind him. So I look forward to using, utilizing that oddity uh, in the fight to come. And I am also possessed by Nang Nang the Grum, which gives me a ability to spider climb, essentially, and walk across up on walls and on ceilings. And it also gives me the floor I do not like sharing with others, so there will be no good berries being shared around today, unfortunately. Alright, go ahead, Rhino. Hi, so, battling through this, my lovely little tabaxi got a couple gifts. The first is the Wand of Wonder, which, well, (laughs) we'll get into more, but it is wonderful for sure. And then my other item was the Bracers of Archery. While wearing these bracers, you have proficiency with the longbow and shortbow, and you gain a plus two bonus to damage rolls on ranged attack made with such weapons. Which goes a little bit hand in hand with what the weapon master feat I picked, I decided to grab instead of the abilities for improvement, because I wanted to be proficient in coconut. Specifically in unladen coconut. Um, <laughs> the other... Sorry, I had to. The other item I picked up, or so those are those two items. I have been possessed by Unk, the Playl Snail. While inhabited by Unk, my flaw is <laughs> I am incapable of making decisions. So I'm going to be really, really fast, but really indecisive. Which I thought felt kind of fitting for somebody who's moves at, what did we figure it out to be? 110 feet per 6 seconds with no buffs. Yep. But that my power is I get a con modifier of 20, or sorry, constitution score, not modifier, of 23. So it should be pretty exciting. So yeah, that, that last, uh, and over the course of, of all the, the nonsense that we went through, I managed to pick up, like I said before, the Flameshung Longsword, which acts not only as a portable torch, but also a flaming sword to smite those who need smited. Um, Adding that bonus fire damage is always is is really going to be a big help for us going forward. Um, also, picking up that amulet of health to give me that that plus five to my or to make my constitution score nineteen um, just really jacked up my HP and also improved my uh, my AC. So I'll not only be able to take hits better, but also be able to soak through the hits that I take and then. I was, uh, thankfully, I'm going to say thankfully, I was possessed by Shigambi, the Kamada, and the wise and virtuous, which uh, gives me the flaw, I never show mercy to evildoers, which I feel really isn't that much of a detriment to Vargas, since their nature is, you know, kind of not evil. Um, I'll just be a little bit more violent about dealing with bad guys. Um, and help me dish out that retribution 
uh, I get to make an extra attack when taking the attack action. So uh, the Skrill is going to be swinging some flaming swords a lot. During our adventures, Tyrannia has picked up a Pearl of Power, which is an interesting magic item that allows me to use it to regain a spell slot, basically a third or lower, uh, which will be convenient, because I, uh, actually that's the level of spell that I use to increase my swarm size and damage. So that was a pretty convenient item. I also received a Staff of Striking, which is a quarter staff that is a plus three to attack and damage, and it has 10 charges that allows me to expend a charge up to 3 charges on a melee hit to deal an additional 1d6 damage per charge, and those charges return at a rate of 1d6 plus 4 every day, so as long as you don't run all the way down to 0, you're pretty much able to consistently push out a little more damage. Um, <clears throat> I have been possessed by Kubazan, the trickster god, and I don't even really know what he is. The silhouette on the picture, he looks <laughs> just like a weird, chubby-ass monster. Uh, but uh, the flaw that I will be uh, dealing with while possessed by him is that I am not afraid to take risks, which is kind of like, a, I don't know, for a group of adventurers, I feel like, unless you're literally playing a kind of a cowardly adventure that this would uh, conflict with, I feel like that's not too much of a, of a deal. I'll get right up in there and... and do whatever I can. Uh, the benefit, however, is that my strength goes from a measly 8 up to 23. So I actually now, in in pairing with that staff of striking, I actually now have a, a melee presence that I've never had before. Plus 9 to hit, plus 9 to damage. So uh, we'll see where that takes us. Alright, then we will go ahead and get started. So you guys would have completed the trials and gotten the five skeleton keys to unlock the uh, gate and descend into where the Soulmonger and the Atropol are. Crumbling balconies overlook a pool of lava filling this triangular chamber, above which is suspended an enormous crystal cylinder held in place by three adamantine struts. Wraith-like forms swirl inside the cylinder, and otherworldly screams hang in the air. Four long writhing tentacles sprout from the cylinder's cap. A shriveled monstrosity the size of an elephant floats near the cylinder. Its body is wet and malformed, its arms and legs are atrophied, and its oversized head drips black goo. The creature is attached to the cylinder by a twisted umbilical cord. So you guys are right now about 35 feet away from uh, where that creature is floating and where that cylinder is down a long flight of stairs. You can see already that the struts are just wide enough for uh, their 10... Uh, excuse me. The struts are... Uh, just long enough that if some, or just wide enough that if somebody wanted to try and walk on them, they could. Um, but other than that, uh, that is about it with this room. Uh, obviously, the lava. This room is very, very hot um, and uh, very uncomfortable to be in. As you guys uh, start to descend those stairs, uh, Neng Neng would. Uh, uh, urge Taga to search the balconies and the bone-filled alcoves around this room for treasure. And Unk would urge uh, uh, Excel uh, to communicate with the Atropol, this large malformed creature, saying that perhaps the creature is just misunderstood. And Vargas, you would be encouraged by uh, Shagambi, Shagambi? Whatever. Um that you would be encouraged to just destroy this unholy evil creature 
and at once just destroy it. And Stygius, um, Cabazon, Cabazon, whatever, uh, would expect you to make the ultimate sacrifice and die in a blaze of glory. Oh, hey, wait a minute. We didn't discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I wrote it down, and it says not afraid to take risks, but come on. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. I'm Rebecca. I don't know if I want to do this adventure anymore. <laughs> I have a silly question. Yes. Running across those paths to the balconies. Because it looks like there's just little, like, metal rods that more or less connect those. Yes, those are the adamantine struts. Could I possibly stealth and run through there? And I am perfectly happy to do an athletics or acrobatics check because I have a plus 13 to acrobatics. You could, but the second you start to descend those stairs, we will roll for initiative. Can I stealth first? (laughs) (laughs) It is looking right at you with true sight. There is no stealthing involved with this one. (laughs) Alright, we will go ahead and roll for initiative as we get started. So go ahead, everybody. What's that? Well, I thought True Sight only sees through magical means of of hiding, but actual stealth is still subject to perception. That is very true. You guys can go ahead. If you would like to give it a try, then Excel, go ahead and uh, do your best. Oh, that was a bad roll, but it's still a 20. Oh, a 20? Okay, yeah, then for some goddamn reason, the single staircase being the only entrance and exit out of this room, you go unnoticed. (laughs) He sits upon my head and pretends he's... <laughs> and the whole okay. of that, obviously, um, when you stealth, you you have to move half your movement speed. But in this case, that's fifty-five feet. <laughs> so he's he moves faster stealth than I move. Period. Yep. <laughs> he moves oh. faster stealth than I do when I dash. <laughs> I mean, I can double my speed if I have to, but um, so. Would I know if I'm going to have to make an athletics check to go across those adamantium struts? Uh, nope. The struts are wide enough that a medium or small creature can walk along them without difficulty. Okay. So, I noticed, Micah, aka Vargas, was mentioning before that we don't have to speak out loud. That won't work if I'm stealth, will it? We know you're there. Yeah, I guess you do. So, can I kind of try and scout since I'm invisible and go ahead and try and see what's What's going on? Yep, you're not invisible, but you are very oh, stealthy, okay. so you could run up that first strut, but if you tried to hop on to one of the other ones, that would require a, um, a athletics check in order to jump across and not fall into the lava. Uh, at that check, you would also need to make another stealth check. Okay, I'm going to use one stamina point, which gives me advantage on athletics, acrobatics, and perception for one minute. Okay. Has he moved away from me yet? Nope. Can I smack him on the backside and cast Spider Climb on him? Oh. Go for it. Alright, I do that. It lasts one hour. If that's the case, then he could actually probably just go around. He wouldn't even have to climb on the struts. Uh, Those are actually a a really deep slope, like the wall going down. Um, Those side things there. I'm just like up and around the outside. Be a spider climb. Oh, that is true. Duh. Yeah. If I if I get damaged, 
whilst I'm concentrating on spider climb for Excel, uh, he could fall in the lava, and I don't want that responsibility on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and kill yourself. I ain't killing you. Alright. I was hoping you'd hang out until I was finished, but yeah, okay. So I'm gonna go try and effectively, stealthily run around the room. Okay, you get all the way. Are you going to um, the ones, uh, let's see, uh, let's go the left one or the right one first? Let's do... Right is always wrong, so we'll go to the left one. Alright, left is always right. You are able to get in there and you see all sorts of different shaped jars and urns and glass containers and that kind of stuff. Okay, um, anything of notes kind of thing or... Make me an arcana check. Oh, that's going to be bad. Yes. (laughs) That's a three. You have no idea. They are very, very pretty jars. Okay, alright, then I'm going to run to the other side now. Okay, you continue on, and you see that there is a doorway filled with mist at the very bottom part of the room there. Um, And then that is it for that little platform. Would you go through that mist? Yes. Alright. Not wisely, but yes. Alright. Let me flip to the right page here. I cannot make any decision. I'm not making decision. I'm just making <laughs> a straight line at this point. <laughs> An ornate archway looms over this balcony. Grinning skulls are molded into its frame, and a glowing mist swirls within. So you enter into it, you said? Yeah, I'm just running in a straight line as close as I can, so yeah. Alright, let me figure out which room number you pop out in. You step out of the mist into an underground chapel, with black basalt pillars and a polished obsidian altar. Resting on the altar is a leather bag the size and shape of a human body, and which appears to have been sewn shut. Beyond the altar, a heavy black drape hangs on the archway. Eight emaciated green-skinned creatures shackled towards uh, to the walls of the chapel, each one gazing towards you with a single baleful eye. The monsters begin to gibber and drool as they shake their manacles, eager to be set free. Yeah, I go back through that doorway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you go back out through the doorway and to the other side of the room? Please. <laughs> All right. You do the exact same thing once again, all sorts of shiny vials and jars and urns and that kind of stuff. All right, and then I go back to the team to explain what I just saw. <laughs> all right, yep. All that happens. Well, that was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go through the mist, guys. Don't do it. I I feel like you've only been gone like two seconds, but it's like, what? Guys, 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 guys! That's why he failed his arcana check. He wasn't there long enough to play. Exactly. <laughs> I, I ask, uh, how far away exactly were those balcony? Uh, from the stairs, uh, 35, 45, about 55 feet away from the stairs. That was one movement. Tarania, with your newfound strength, would you please throw me over there? Um, with my strength of 23, I'll give that a shot. Alright. Oh, no, it's gonna be, that's more of a dexterity check, isn't it? Well, as you get to the bottom of the stairs to chuck Taga over there, if you want to try and make a stealth check, go for it. Otherwise, roll me initiative. 16? Yep, that is enough. You are unnoticed as you chuck Taga. Taga, give me a stealth check as you fly through the air. 
uh, I will choose to fail as I'm shouting, Wee! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everybody roll me initiative. <laughs> 21 for initiatives. My gray slot got 21 as well. It has a plus three to death. With advantage, you're all beating me, and I only got a 17. Targo got a 14. Alright, go ahead, and uh, we will go ahead and start with initiative with the slide. Oh, um, upon rolling initiative, I forgot, I get to do the thing. Oh, yeah. Do the thing, Micah. Um, since we were not surprised, uh, you guys all get, um, 12 temporary hit points, or you can move up to your movement speed. I am 100% moving my move speed. <laughs> How many temporary hit points there, Micah? 12. Okay. I'm going to start off with that, actually. I'll take those. Is the Grace Lord technically your ally? Um. Let me double check to see if it's limited to my warband or not. Just look at him. Come on. He's so precious. <laughs> so precious. And his tongue, his tongue curls and like green ichor falls off. <laughs> it's just friendly creatures within range of my battle cry. So, yes, okay. the slot would also get 12 temporary hit points. He is a very friendly boy, yes. Am I friendly to he myself? Happily yes, sir. Awesome. Alright, then. Uh, so, everybody has their hit points and whatnot taken care of? Uh... So where could I move if I have a move speed of 110? Because I'm guessing this isn't with stealth. Uh, if you still have the spider climb effect active anywhere in the damn room, otherwise uh, you would have to uh, stick to either that, that side, that north part, that strip of uh, ground there, or uh, try and balance on one of the struts somewhere. Could I go to where that misty door was behind it? Uh, yeah, as long as spider climb, climb is still active, you can charge clear over there. Uh, I never uh, had I, it active, so... Yeah, I did not, I did not cast it. Oh, okay. Can I get to the side, please? Yep, you can do that. You will take one opportunity of attack running by the Atropol, though. Sure. Okay. Go ahead and let me make that opportunity attack. Uh, yeah, that will definitely hit with a 27. You take... You take 3d6 necrotic damage. So oh, that God. is 10 points of necrotic damage, and I need a DC 10 acrobatics check to not fall off the strut. Oh, dear lord. Get a plus 13, but you can't fail it. Yeah, no, that... <laughs> With a nat 1. With a nat 1. Don't roll a 1. I did not. So how's a 19? Yep, 19 will do it. Okay. <laughs> oh, and actually it was a dexterity saving throw, not a acrobatics check, but that's close oh. enough. I still have the... Oh, no, okay. So yeah, I still have advantage on deck saves, so... That's just a 15. Okay, yep, nope, that's more than enough to pass, so you are able to make it over with Taga. Okay. Uh, we then go ahead, and uh, the slide, I'm assuming, it's its turn. <coughs> yes, uh, I will shout out to it to just attack the oh, monstrosity, and it will use its 30 feet of movement speed to walk down towards the... Uh, Edge of the lava. Okay. And it is going to cast Fireball on the giant creature. Alright! Why did I roll a saving throw with a d6? I'm, uh, I'm okay with this. That's a zero with a negative three. <laughs> it definitely fails. Uh, <laughs> it is going to take 
21 points of fire damage. Oh, wow. And then the slug will end its turn. Alright, and since it started its turn within 30 feet of the Atropel, it takes 3d6 necrotic damage. So it takes uh, 10 points of necrotic damage, and it cannot regain health points. Oh, wow. Tyrannia, it is now your turn then. Um, Alright, well, I'm going to start off with a spell that I picked up. Uh, It's actually a circle spell, um, but it's also a druid spell. Insect Plague. Uh, (laughs) Range of 300 feet. uh, Concentration up to 10 minutes. Basically, I fill a 20-foot radius sphere centered on a point that I choose within range. Um, When the sphere appears, each creature in it must make a constitution saving throw uh, or take 40, 10 piercing damage or half on a save. So, my question is, how big is this creature, and how much of the room can I envelop with the locust swarm? It is... Because they they are flying. They'll just, like, whip whip around and over and over again. Yep, it is huge, so you could basically take up its entire space, plus the spaces on either side, in front or back, kind of wherever you want to place it. And, and, And thinking, you know, like, into the future here, I don't want to have in a place where my allies would have to also stand in that swarm. So I'll I'll position it as appropriately as I can to keep it, like, probably more behind him than in front of him, and preferably, like, at a point elevated so that it can't, like, sink down underneath it. Yep, not a problem. Alright, so yep, we'll do that, and that is a... What did I say? It was a constitution saving throw versus DC 16. Yep, that's a 23. Alright, so I'll take 2d10 poison damage. Uh, 6. <laughs> okay. Um, and then my swarm? I don't know. I mean, it's... Now here's the problem. I'm, uh... Kubazon says that I'm, I'm not afraid to take risks. <laughs> so, um, as far as my risks go, if I just know that it's just going to end badly... Would I, would I send them in or not? Yep, we're going to send them in. So, uh, but they probably can't make it all the way. How far out are we from where he's at? Uh, to be outside of the range so you didn't hit it, you would have to be 35 feet away. For you to be outside of that life-draining aura. Oh, it's 30? That thing is 30 feet? Yep. Holy crap. So you would be right at the top of the stairs. Okay. Um, boy, that's... Now, is that going to apply to everything, isn't it? Everything within 30 feet. Any creature that starts its turn within 30 feet. Wow, that's going to be rough. I'm... Again, like I said, I'm... I'm Kuba's on his like, go give me a life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, because if I lose my swarm, I have to like literally go out and compile a whole new swarm, and that's going to be a pain in the butt. But... If we can get in there and get as much damage on it as possible, maybe we can kill it before everything dies. So, screw it. We'll go... Actually, they won't be able to make it all the way in there. Um, so, I'm going to have them on their action move into me. Okay. Because they wouldn't be able to make it to him anyway. So, they're going to go ahead and uh, swarm and climb up and crawl through my ear holes and up my nostrils. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so, they'll be protected inside me for the time being. Uh, but I will go ahead and move into the very tip. Well, I'll stay right outside there just to make sure. Okay. And actually, Braden, your slad wouldn't take it the damage uh, this first round. It's at the start of its turn. So, you're good for right now because you moved into the space. 
Thank you. Alright, Vargas, it is your turn. Well, considering that I don't have uh, super fast movement speed... Gotta get fast. (laughs) I can't get fast. We're going to use my action to start my Offer Them War chant. That way, uh, any any tentacly slapping that that might be happening is going to be potentially done at disadvantage. So at the start of each of its turns, it needs to make a wisdom save. Okay. Starting um, now or just at the start? At the start of each of its turns. Okay. Um, and as a bonus action, we are going to... Um, Bob, yep. I want it to make a con save. All right. 22. All right, he is good. And I will, I guess, move down because I have no other choice. <laughs> All right. 25 feet. <laughs> All right. You move down. At the end of your turn, it is going to go ahead and take a legendary action. And at Terrania, for shooting it with that attack, it's going to shoot a ray of cold at you. Oh. So that is a 28 to hit. That definitely, <laughs> definitely hits. Yeah. And it deals. Let's see here. That's 10. That's 20 points of cold damage. Ouch. Alright, and then we move on to Excel. I'm going to get my longbow out, because I get the feeling I don't want to stay too close to this thing. Okay. And I believe you would be outside of the radius um, of... Let's see, because it would be at that front strut now, in order to be within melee. So it would be 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 30... Yeah, as long as you weren't right on the edge of the, the balcony... Uh, you would be outside of the 30-foot range. I should be okay, then. All if right. not, I will use my movement to make sure I am. I'm not worried about using up movement. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess I'm going to try and hit it with my longbow. Alright. And so I believe, if, I'm cur- if I have this right, the bracers of archery, I get a plus two bonus to damage roll, not attack roll, correct? Yep, just damage. So then that... Is- it's still a plus nine to hit, so let's see if I can do it. Come on! Ooh, ooh! Does a thirteen hit? Uh, it does. Oh wow! Okay, so that is one d eight plus seven. It's a good thing I've got damage modifiers there. So that's uh eight damage. All right, and are you shooting uh your silvered arrows or regular oh. arrows? Oh, actually. Can I wreck on that whole attack? I just remembered what you told me about what Unk wants me to do. Oh, okay, yep, retconned. Okay, I want to try and be like, hey, hey, I know we're kind of fighting, but what can we do to help you? Like, uh, what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> Ignore that fireball to the face, but yeah. hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, no problem. It replies back with a. <laughs> 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 So that didn't work, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> yep, basically. As as it does that, this black ichor kind of like sprays from its mouth hole area and just like drippy, nasty goopiness. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, that worked back really back. well for you, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and you can you can communicate and talk to it as a free action. I'm not going to take away your attack. All right, then yeah, we'll go back to that hole using a silver arrow to try and attack it. Yep. 
All right, then. We move on to um, uh, Taga. Actually, you know what? Uh, at the end of your turn, uh, it is going to turn at Vargas and attack for the legendary action again. Uh, that will definitely hit with a 27. And Vargas, you will take three points of necrotic damage. Minimum on all three. Oh, no. I, I, I thought it was an arrow, and it's like, I hate you, Vargas. <laughs> well, Vargas approached, and it can't reach you with its arm. Okay. <laughs> okay, it is now your turn, Taga. I will say, I will get closer to the edge of the lava. Am I within 30 feet of it now? Yes. Yeah, the second you get down the stairs or the second you approach that balcony, because you're on the balcony, right? Yes. Yep, and if you're I... within 5 feet of the balcony, you would be within 30 feet. Okay, um, my eyes sort of cast over towards... Vargas and I pull out the plus one you cool what he gave me <laughs> and give him what for sorry and I throw it that works too this is, a, this is a thrown weapon okay it is uh, the max range is 30 feet though so I have disadvantage on the attack roll okay oh that is going to be a 10 to hit uh, 10 to actually 10 does hit <laughs> yes Take, oh man, lowest damage I can roll. Take five points of damage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking how this battle is going. All right. Then step back a little bit and use my bonus action to use my bubble of absurdity. So anyone within ten feet, I believe that's just accelerate. Maybe at the moment, uh, can add plus three to all your saving throws until the start of my next turn. All that's right. Super helpful. <laughs> It is going to go ahead, and then it, now that it is its turn, uh, let out a shriek, and it's... I guess roll yes. for the, the save. Oh, yes. That was a one. Uh, right. Wait, con save? It is a constitution save. Uh, off rhythm is a wisdom save. Wisdom, okay. Uh, then, yeah, that'll still fail. Alright, he has disadvantage on all attack rolls. Okay, luckily this isn't an attack roll. He lets out a shriek, and a wraith appears right behind Vargas, and... Strikes Vargas in the back. Uh, that's a 20 to hit, so it does not hit. Does not hit. All right. Oof. Yeah. We then move on to the... S- <clears throat> What's that? Um, I didn't make a... Uh, as per usual, I forgot to make my concentration check. I took 28 damage from the cold. Oh, gotcha. So half, half that being 14. Um, I, I was wrong. I did take resilient, defeat resilience. I didn't pump up my constitution. Um, so I now, when you take resilience, I don't know if anybody is not aware of it, you choose an ability score and then you gain proficiency in, uh, and it, you gain its uh, saving throw, basically. So now, whereas before I was just making a straight save with plus two, uh, now I'm actually making it with plus five. Or, sorry, plus seven altogether. I can't speak today. Uh, so 16 plus 7 for 23, so I could, I make the save. My concentration is in check. And so that means that it didn't move. It stayed inside the swarm. Yep. Okay. So if it ends its turn inside the swarm, it has to make another constitution save versus 20, 16. And that is a, let's see, uh, 28. Okay. But I'm not going to... I'm not going to shake my head at a free 2d10 damage. Yeah. Uh, seven. All right. 
We then, and uh, just to specify, it only attacks creatures within that space, correct? Um, it just says, uh, let's see here, when the appear, appears, each creature must make a constitution saving throw. Creature okay. takes 4010 piercing damage and a failed save, half on a successful one. Creature must also make the saving throw when it enters the spell's area for the first time or when it ends its turn there. Okay, just wanted to specify that it said creature. So, alright then, uh, we then move on to the slad. I'm confused uh, and intrigued. <laughs> Is anyone within range of a fireball if I hit the slug? Uh, hit the I think if you hit it, if you hit its back, I'm out of range. Yeah, if you hit it in the back, uh, you'll miss Vargas and everybody else. Okay. He will use his second use of fireball. So deck save of DC 14. Okay. Uh, that definitely fails. Uh, 32 points of fire damage this time. All right, and as you uh, hit it, uh, you see that the um, uh, the 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 soulmonger itself, the cylinder in the middle with these spirits in it, uh, is affected a little bit as well. Uh, what was that damage? Uh, Thirty-two, and the previous was twenty-one. Okay. Uh, he did start his turn within thirty feet, so we'll take that uh, damage. Yep. Oh, okay. He he does have regeneration, but you said that if he's in with uh, sorry, if he's in this aura, he can't regain hit points. Yes. Oh, uh, anybody within thirty feet cannot regain hit points. Okay. Uh, oh, so they can still back out of the aura and gain hit points. Correct. But while you're within, you cannot. Oh, okay. I th- I was thinking it was like once you've taken damage, you can't regain those back. I was about to start like dropping restoration spells. Yeah. I see. Okay. No, because you haven't started your turn within range of it yet? No, but I got hit by that attack of opportunity. Uh, no, uh, that's just while you're within that aura. Okay. Uh, if the slab notices this, he is fairly smart. He's a lot smarter than Targa, so he's going to take a couple steps back and try and sort of get out of this aura of destruction or whatever exactly he's feeling. Yep, and at the start of its turn it would take 11 points of necrotic damage. Okay, thank you. And would you, uh, would you, would your slad have been within 5 feet of Vargas or a little bit further away? Because the wraith will get an opportunity attack if it moves past the wraith. Ah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, then it'll take an opportunity attack. Uh, that'll probably hit with an 18. Uh, just hits. Alright. It is going to take uh, 4d8 plus 3 necrotic, and then I need a constitution saving throw. Alright. Is it magical? Uh, it is. Yep. All necrotic damage. Uh, oh, well, yeah. That's going to be a 22. A 22. Okay, yeah. That more than succeeds. So it just takes... Um, uh, crap math. Uh, that would be 18 points of necrotic damage. Okay. Thank you. Alright then. Uh, we then move on to Terrania. Um, Alright, so starting off, I'm going to go ahead and move into the area now. Um, I won't be able to get all the way up there. So I'll just move to the very lip, I guess. Okay. Um, like right where that first adamantine beam is. 
Um, that'll be my movement. As a bonus action, I will spew out uh, my companion swarm. Um, before I do that, though, how many more fireballs or area of effect spells do we have to worry about? Like from compa- from our, our allies, are there too many more fireballs to throw? Or uh, that was the last use of fireball. Okay, so then I can send in my swarm without worry about friendly fire. Yes. Alrighty, cool. So, yep, what I said stands, Bob. I will move forward, uh, I guess, 10, 15 feet, whatever it takes to get right on the lip. I don't want to be standing on the beam yet, because I don't want to run the risk of falling in the lava. Uh, And then I will, as a bonus action, expel my companion swarm, and they will shoot their 30 feet to make their attack. Um, The Circle of the Hive allows whenever you gain uh, ability score increases, they also gain it. And then they gain hit die for every even level after the, after the fourth. So they've actually gained hit die right now. They have 60 hit points by themselves. Um, and they now attack for plus five. And it's still 44 plus four damage is all. Okay. So they'll charge in and uh, 12 plus five, 17. Uh, 17 hits. Okay, and 2, 3, uh, 3, 6, 10, plus 4, 14 piercing damage. Alright, not too shabby. Alright, and then I will cast Blight on him. Okay. Uh, so range 30 feet. Necromantic energy washes over a creature of your choice. Uh, they must make a constitution saving throw or take 8d8 necrotic damage on a failed save. Okay, uh, that was a uh, 26, or excuse me, a, a 16, um, but uh, it is immune to necrotic damage. Oh my god, so uh, it basically just. Um, I know you're telling us this, but I assume I'm able to, like, observe by the way that the, the negative chronic damage just, like, he laughs at it, basically. Yep, you would notice that despite your casting that spell, no visible effect happens, even though you see the spell effect surround him. Uh, you know, I should have kind of thought about that, but yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that's me. Done. Alright then, are you going to move out of that space or uh, stay there within um, ten feet? Oh, that's right, you can move, do things, and then move back, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm going to move back. Okay, yeah, and you're back outside that effect. It's going to yeah. go ahead then, and after you tried to cast that spell at it... Actually, you know what? No, it's going to be a dick. Um, let's oh, yeah. see. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, uh, I'm going to roll a d6 to see who this wonderful attack is going to... Oh, wait, no. Um, it's going to let out a withering whale, and any creature within 120 feet of it needs to succeed in a DC 19 constitution save. Yep. That's everybody. Oh, I missed. I'm 15. Actually, I should have asked Bob. Is that a is that a success for half damage? Uh, no, there is no damage. It's one level of exhaustion if you fail. Oh shit! Uh, Either so one of those rolls would have passed, but I would have actually had advantage on it. What was that, Rhino? Uh, Raiden, Talia had that aura for saving throws. I was muted. That <laughs> is a plus three. <gasps> yes. So I think that's gone. That brings me to 19. Okay. <laughs> Brayden, did you pass in your slab? I rolled a 20 
million something. Okay. And the flood rolled at 19 perfect as well. Okay, so then just Stygius is affected? Uh, yeah, I, even if I had that plus three, I still would have failed. Okay, yep, uh, then you would have one level of exhaustion. So I have disadvantage on ability checks. Yep. Copy that, Red Leader. <laughs> Alright, we then move on to Vargas. Mm. That was a legendary action, right? Correct, and that used up all three of its legendary actions in one go. Well, I suppose there's something to be said for that. Yep. Oh, and you would take Vargas at the start of your turn. Uh, you would take thir- uh, eight points of necrotic damage. Eight? Yep. Where did I put my pencil? Alright, we have almost burned through my temporary hit points. <laughs> um, I feel like Offer of them isn't doing us a lot of good, so I'm actually going to swap up. I doubt, for, I doubt making him scared of me is going to be beneficial. Um, so I'll just start, start, uh, uh, uh the, you just feel the, uh, the, 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 the tone and intonation of my, uh, of my ch- change as, Mike, you, you feel a little bit empowered, and you now get a plus five bonus to all of your saves. Awesome, thank you. For the next minute. And also, and also just as a heads up, while, since that is active on you, you also get a plus five to all of your damage rolls. Oh. From my, uh, uh, I can't find the name of the ability that does that, but it's a cool thing, so you get it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. And, and then, so that was an action to change that up. As a bonus action, I am going to speak the command word of my flame tongue longsword and have it burst into flames and just bring it on! <laughs> Alright. We then move on to Excel. Well, I think the best option for me is to stay out of range at this point. So, can I get up to it, hit it, and leave with if I use my dash and disengage? Yeah, you could technically do that. With your dash and disengage, you could get in and out of the way. Yep. So, I'm going to drop the, my longbow and grab my dual silvered scimitars. Quietly yelling a puppy. And... <laughs> Okay, run up to it to try and hit it with two silvered scimitars. Okay, go ahead. You know, what's the point of rolling two dice if they give the same result? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, does a 13 hit? Yep. Alright, then I've hit it twice. The point of that is, the point of that is Rhino, is that if you were playing the Avenger class, <laughs> then you would have just crit it. <laughs> Fair enough. Alright, so. Oh my god. I've rolled four dice, and I've rolled all the same numbers. That's awesome. <laughs> so that'd be super critting if I was that. So that's 16 points of sil- er, piercing damage. Alright. Uh, and then dash to disengage and get yep. as far back from it as I can. Yep, you could get back onto that same ledge you were at and out of the way. Perfect. And now it is the Slad's turn. Alright, since he's out of the aura, he regains 10 hit points, putting him back at 120 HP. He will then cast Fly Upon Himself, and fly directly into the face of the Atropod. Alright then. Tyrannia, it is now your turn. Alright, I'm going to try Sunbeam, the 6th level Druidic spell. Um, So I will be losing my concentration on the Insect Swarm, the, the Plague spell. 
but I will shoot a beam of brilliant light that flashes out from my hands at a five-foot-wide, 60-foot-long line. Each creature in the line must make a constitution saving throw. On a failed save, it takes 68 radiant damage and is blinded until the next turn. So 27 points will be generated for that. And and, uh, Undead and Oozes have disadvantage on their saving throws. So my save is a 16. Yep, and... succeeded. Okay, and the uh, Atropole, the uh, Atropole succeeded, the Wraith failed, and as an even bigger kicker, the Soulmonger was hit with it as well. So the actual cylinder behind it, and it shook ferociously with that. Oh. Whoops. <laughs> when it did, a black tentacle lashed out and struck at you. So that is 19 to hit, Terrania. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Alright. And that black tentacle will deal to you. Uh, 22 plus 6, so 28 points of bludgeoning damage. Ow! 28, And you see small cracks begin to appear on it after that blast of radiant energy. Alright, so I need a concentration of 14. I roll a 14. Alright. Oh. Would Vargas be able to punch things? We then move on to... Um, oh, your Swarm Trania. They gonna attack? Um, yeah, they need to attack. Uh, that's 19 to hit. Yes. And... Uh, 6 plus... 5, 11 plus 4... 15 damage... And then at what point do they start taking damage from being within that, uh, that, uh, what's Start of their turn. So then they would take, uh, ten points of necrotic damage this turn. As would you. Oh, wait, no, because you moved into it? Yeah, you moved back into it, so, uh, you would be fine. I didn't have to move into it, because I, uh... Oh, that's right, yeah, Sunbeam is rain. I I stepped up, shot, and then, and then, uh, came back. So yep. basically, sixty. They take ten down to fifty. Um, I'm not going to go to run the sunbeam until until it doesn't work anymore. That seems to be very effective against this guy. So rather than standing there taking damage, I'll hold my position on the outside of that aura. All right then. Uh, we then move on to Taga, or excuse me, uh, Vargas. All right. Um. The 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 voice in my head is telling me to keep. Smashing away at this unholy monstrosity. So, um, we are going to make three attacks with our flame tongue longsword. Alright. That is a 17 to hit. Yep. For. Uh, 6, 7, 8, 9, 14 points of slashing damage plus 6 points of fire damage. The creature disintegrates with a screech. And goes down into the lava. Alright, then I'll turn to the Wraith and uh, lay into it, I guess. Will a 19 hit the Wraith? Yep. Oh, wow. I wish I had Savage Attacker. <laughs> that is um, 2, 3, 4, 5, 10 points of slashing and 3 points of fire. Okay. Still standing, but not by much. And our third attack from my voice in my head. Um, That is a 16 to hit? Yes. 
does 8, 9, 10, 11, 16 points of slashing and 5 points of fire to the wraith. It disappears as well. Alright, and then as a bonus action, I, since I have the feeling that this vat thing is uh, not being super great friendly to us, um, I am going to yell... I'm, I'm, just, I'm going to look at it and just in a mindless rage yell... You're mine! <laughs> and uh, so, um, I need to make a wisdom save. Uh, it can't make saves, so it automatically fails. Alright, it has disadvantage on all attack rolls against targets other than me until the end of my next turn. Okay. We then move on to Excel. Well, thankfully, you guys have cleared out all the other enemies, because I can't make decisions on what to attack. And Todd has made this decision for me, so... What do I have to do to throw and or the bat with Paga? Do not throw me, please. <laughs> yes, don't throw him! I gave you a wink, not a seductive wink. I don't want to be thrown. Well, and actually, guys, we're going to go ahead, since we're under time constraints, we'll go ahead and say that you guys are very easily able to bring down the actual soul monger itself. And as you do, Aserak appears out of nowhere. A skeletal figure wrapped in moldering robes and clutching a skull-tipped staff appears on the south balcony. That would be the one with the mist door. Hateful pinpricks of white light burn in its eye sockets, and the two-foot diameter sphere of utter darkness floats in the air beside it. Go ahead, and we can re-roll initiative. Which means everybody will get temporary hit points again. Yep. How much time is passing between this there, Bob? Instantaneously, pretty much. Once the Atropole dies, um, then it appears. Because okay, my sunbeam is channeled for up to a minute. Yep, it would still be within that same minute. Bob, I crit my initiative. Nice. <laughs> That's a 25. Okay. And then also my swarm, my companion swarm that was on the Atropole, when it died and started sinking into lava, um, can we assume that they were able to... Transfer to the. Yep. Yeah, they all landed on that. That. Yeah, they landed on that strut and were able to scurry out of there. Like they would be able to, but I. Okay. Yep. So Vargas with a twenty-five. Uh, Braden, what's you and your slab? We both rolled four. Four. Okay. All right. Uh, Rhino. I got a twenty-four. All right, and uh, Stygius. Nineteen. Alright, and then Aserat got a 14. Alright, so then uh, we go ahead and start with Vargas. Alright, knowing what I know about Lich Liz, he is on the opposite what he's on the opposite end of the building from me. Yep. So I am going to start my way up the strut. And I am going to uh, as a bonus action, I'm going to make him make a con save. Alright. Ah, plus... So then that's an 18. He will just make it. And then as an action, I want him to make a wisdom save. Uh, That's a 15. He will fail. Okay. And therefore take 3d10 psychic damage. Nice. That is 17, 18, 19, 20 psychic damage. And he is... uh, has disadvantage on his next attack roll or ability check. Okay, then. We then move on to Excel. Well, I'm going to assume I'm still holding Kaga. 
Yep. No. <laughs> so that would be... And I have proficiency with him. <laughs> we have trained extensively in use of combat. <laughs> use of coconut combat, let's go. That is a 26 to hit. Yep. I did 17 damage. Oh, 18 with modifier. With yep. Paga in that throw. Alright. And then Taga, you are now landed right next to Aserak. I will throw a silver dagger as well. Okay. Uh, ooh, that's not great. Uh, 15 to hit? No, does not. Alright. And then... I guess uh, that ends my turn. That is literally everything I can do. Okay then, um, we he is going to go ahead then and take a legendary action. So Taga, since you're standing right next to them, he is going to go ahead and use his paralyzing touch on you. Great, great. <laughs> that is, yeah, exactly. Bob, is that an attack roll? Uh, yes, it is. He is, does that at disadvantage from my cold week. Awesome. And that might have just saved you. That was a 17 to hit. He misses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. We then uh, move on to Taga. Or, excuse me, to uh, Tyrannia. Um, companion Swarm, how close are they to the actual thing? Clear across the lava. Okay, so they will skitter as much movement as they can get, even if they have to double move to it. Okay, yep. Then they would be... Would they be able to get there in one turn, or... Uh, let's see. Uh, with double movement, what's their speed? 30? Yeah, I'll say they were able to make it in one turn, because they have spider climb and all that other kind of happy fun crap, don't they? Yep. Yep, so yeah, they can get all the way there. But that would take their, uh, action to dash. Okay, that's fine. So they will close distance, and I will just go ahead and fire Sunbeam again. Okay. Positioning where I can hit only the enemy with the with the beam. Okay. So uh, that'll be a con save for sixteen. Uh, if it's an undead or if it's an ooze. Yep. Uh, then that would be uh, the first one. So a nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. So he'll save, but we'll take three d eight. Oh, okay, so I was just thinking about this, like, if it's half as much, you still roll 68, and you just divide that by two, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, 8, 10, 16, 23, 25, 26, and, Micah, that thing that you had that was giving me plus five to damage rolls, is that... It's on weapon attacks. Yep. That is strictly, that is strictly for weapon attacks. Okay, so 26 damage... Okay. Alright then. Uh, anything else? Nope. Alright then. Uh, we move on to Aserak. Uh, Aserak is going to go ahead and I need... Let me roll to see who. Uh, five. So that would be Taga again. Taga, I need a constitution saving throw. Okay. Ah, 15. You fail. You cannot regain hit points, and you have vulnerability to necrotic damage. 
Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Um. Yep, that's basically it. So then we move on to uh, Taga. Uh, it'll be my slide first. Okay. Targo, Targo's just gonna shout out, uh, put him in the lava, and the slide's gonna fly over. Yeah, he was at the Atropole, I'm not sure how close he would be right now. Uh, he would be able to get there with, uh, about 40 or 50 feet of movement. Okay. Oh, but he has fly right, at 60 he... feet, doesn't he? He does. Okay. He will fly over to him, grab and attempt to grapple a Sarah. Nice! That's going to be a 22 here. That definitely gets him. Okay, well he grabs him and then he flies the Sarah up into the... Uh, flies can him up... He... Okay. Can he drop him into the lava over that? Uh, I assume... Uh, does grappling take one of your attacks? He has three attacks for his multi-attack. I think it takes an action to grapple unless it says otherwise that he can grapple as part of an attack. Well, can't you drop something as a bonus action? Oh, yeah, you could drop it. Yeah, that'd be fine. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Yeah, when you take the attack action, you can replace one of them with a grapple. Oh, okay, so yep. You've got two attacks and a, and a bonus action left. Get him! Uh, I'll say he, he bites him. <laughs> He attempts to bite him, we'll say. Okay. Uh, that definitely misses with a 13. Yes, definitely misses. And then he's going to drop him into the lava. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't see anything he can do to get out of that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Bob. No, you're fine. Yeah, all of his spells are actions. Uh, he doesn't have any... He doesn't have uh, any spells to... Get out of there. Okay, yeah, so he falls into the lava. Let me see what the lava damage is. It's, it's huge. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Let's see here. I'm just glad that my swarm didn't get to him and was currently climbing all over him. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. 8 through 10. I think it says on one of the pages. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to find on here. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, poor Lich. Yeah. Uh, it's 10, I mean, the, 10 d 10 fire damage. 10 d 10. 10 d 10. Alright, yep. I'll go ahead and roll that. Oh, let, me, let me help you out here, Bob. Oh, okay. There's there's five more. Okay, thank you. 63. 63? Yeah. Okay. We take 63 points of fire damage then. <laughs> and is stuck in the lava. And is stuck in the lava. Taga, it is your turn. I use my bonus action to get out of my coconut. Okay. Uh, is he within 30 feet of me? Uh, let's see. The lava pit, I think it said, was uh, 30 feet below the floor. Yep, so he would be right at the surface, uh, so 33, 30 feet below you. Okay, that's awesome. Um... I cannot begin on my performance yet, so I will just... Yeah, I can't really do much. I will cast... Cream high, cream high. <laughs> no, I, I will just uh, end my turn. Okay. Uh, he is going to go ahead then, and as a legendary action, move that Sphere of Annihilation right to where you are, Brayden. 
Yeah, my, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you will take, then, since you are engulfed by it, the, let's see, uh, dexterity saving throw. Uh, that is going to be a 19. Alright, that is enough to succeed. You're able to dash out of the way of that uh, sphere. So then... Uh, yeah, that's all you can do that round. So, we move on to Vargas. Okay, well, he is now out of reach of me being able to hack at him. Um, so, I think I still have two javelins left over from previous encounters. There's nothing special about him, but I feel that damage is damage. So, we're going to action to throw two javelins at Aserak. Okay. Um, one of them is a four, the other one is a crit. Alright. For And though the javelin pierces him, he is totally immune. Yep. I gotta roll it anyway. <laughs> Do it anyway. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen. Okay, um so that's two javelins Maybe wasted. Huh? Don't forget to add your strafe dice, my <laughs> <laughs> Um Well, I suppose... Uh, Bob, I need him to make a con save. Alright. That was a one. <laughs> so, oh, 13. He is incapacitated until the start of my next turn. Oh, crap. Um, oh, He's going to legendary resist that one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he should be legendary resisting the lava. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Excel, it is your turn. So I have a silly question. Okay, I have a silly answer. Perfect. My stamina points gives me additional attacks, right? Yep. Um, how many blasts can I do with a wand of wonder with that? One. Yeah, one. It's an action to use. Okay, so I'm going to cast haste on myself first. Okay. So that takes up three stamina points. Okay, and that would be your action as well, wouldn't it? Uh, it doesn't say anywhere, actually. It, the casting time is an action, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, so yeah, we'll assume that's one action. So then I still have a second action, correct? You got a bonus action now. From casting haste on myself. Uh, haste in action. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the, the haste. Yeah. yeah. So, so if he used his actual action to cast haste, then he should have his bonus action plus the action granted by haste. Yes. Which is a very specific amount of actions. Okay. Yes. One weapon attack only. Dash, disengage, hide, or use an object. Yep. There you go. So I'm going to use the wand of wonder. Alright. And let's... <laughs> it's a DC 15 save, I believe I've got... Yes. And I have to roll some percentile dice to see what it does. Which... Okay. That's Another flashbacks to the deck of many things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I rolled a 98. <laughs> oh. oh, nice. Um... <laughs> If you targeted a creature, I did, it must make a DC 15 con saving throw. If you didn't target a creature, you, must, you become the target. Ah! Nope. If the saving throw fails by five or more, the target is instantly petrified. <laughs> it succeeded. Okay, um... 
spell catch, blah blah blah. So then I guess it does nothing? Yep, does nothing. <laughs> Alright! Um, so I still have a bonus action. I have the ridiculous speed of 220 right now. Hmm. I just have movement at this point. So I can't use my stamina points to, like, do extra attacks like I normally would in order to hurt it, could I? Like, use more one blast. No, because, well, one's, like, you can spend stamina points to gain extra actions. Is that what it says? Uh, when you choose to make an attack with your weapon as your action, you can choose to spend up to three stamina points to add extra attacks to your action. Okay, so... so your haste. Haste is yeah. your action. Okay. Cool. Then that's my turn, unless I can get further away from him. You can get all the way away from him. I guess, yes, I have 220 feet of movement, don't I? And I would expect that since you can run on water, you can run on lava. It would probably still hurt, but... I was not going to bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to put that into his head. Yeah. I don't know, though. You can see those, those people who walk on the charcoal on, on, on burning hot coals. Yeah. I bet you know, if he ran fast enough, it wouldn't hurt him. So then, uh, is that everything, Excel? I'm just going to move myself towards, like, the rest of my party, I think. Alright, we then move on to Tyrannia. We bring to question, is lava a non-Newtonian liquid? Um, Well, I still have Sunbeam going for... This would have been, like, the sixth round, so at least for another couple rounds. I'll just go ahead and position and fire that at him again. All right. So his DC 16 to see if he succeeds. Yep, he passes. He passes. Of course he does. Um, 8, 10, 14... And 14, that's 16, 30, 35, so he takes half of 35, so 17. All right. No. Yep, 17. All right, and then it is his, oh, your swarm? Uh, they can't uh, really get to him. Swarm, yeah, they also can't run on lava, so they'll just, they'll actually start making their way back to me and crawling back inside if they can get to me. All right, then. And with that, he raises his staff above his head and yells out, We will meet again, fools! And on that day, you will die! And with that, arcane symbols appear around him and he disappears completely. This is where we will end this episode of the Homebrew Review. Thank you very much for joining us, and we hope you will come again next week. Say bye! Bye! Bye, 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 bye! Skater, skater, skater. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the Homebrew Review. If you would like a chance to join our show and vote on who gets in and what material makes it, please visit our Patreon page where you can help support our podcast and possibly join the crew here. Also, if you would like to follow us, we are on Facebook at Guild Adventure. You can also find us on our website, along with links to all the material, at www.theadventuringguild.com. And if you are able, please check out Syndicate Games in Kearney, Nebraska, for all of your gaming needs. So thank you all very much, and we hope to see you next week. <laughs>